Everybody loves the Lord. Say amen. amen. Exodus chapter 17. Exodus and the 17th chapter. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? I bless the Lord. Thank God for his mercies. Thank the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. I thank the Lord for Brother Turbefield, special man of God. I'm glad to see what the Lord's done. Sending him here. I bless the Lord. Brother D is one of my very best friends. Brother Turbefield, I've never had a man closer to me in the ministry and in the battles and in life. What about the Lord? Just Boy, he knows how to do things, doesn't he? Thank you, Drew, for them hot wings. He brought me some hot wings last night. We used to have a tradition, and he revived that tradition last night. And about two in the morning, them hot wings revived me. I didn't really want to get up and pray for y'all, but I didn't have much of a choice. Not at two. Brother Crider, thank you for your friendship through the years. Bless the Lord. Amen. Brother Richard, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for what you've done uh, for my vehicle today to keep me on the road. Thank you. I'm just thankful for what the Lord... What about Elijah? He is scared to death of death and then prayed to die and then God never did let him die. What about the thing that he saw and it never and he saw a lie? Elijah never did die. The one thing that he was persuaded of is the one thing God said, Well, if it's bothering you that bad, I can bring you home without you dying. Thank these two pastors, Brother Artie, Brother Jeff. Thank Thank you, men, for coming over tonight. It's very gracious of you and very kind. And that's a blessing. I've just met this brother tonight. Now, we've been in meeting together before, but uh, and then I knew Brother Jeff when he was on staff way back over in Maryville and knew him uh, way back then. And I'm, I, I appreciate pastors that will support other pastors and churches. He said, I, I, Jeremiah 23 or 4, don't turn there. But he said, I'll, I'll give you shepherds. They'll lead you and guide you and they'll feed you. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. I bless the Lord. Are y'all in Exodus? I gave y'all that time to find Exodus, some of you. I seen your pages sticking together. Little puffs of dust coming off your Bible. I had to give you time. Exodus 17, hasn't the Lord been good to us? Amen. I've got about three mission trips coming up uh, in the next five months. 
and I'm trying to raise $9,000, have about $6,000 raised. We've been asking the Lord's people to give $100, and so I'm praying right now for 30 folks to give $100, and that'll put us where we need, and so I feel led to mention it. I only mention it when I feel led, and I feel led to mention it tonight. When you're giving what you can, that's good. But when you start giving what you can't, that's God. I bless the Lord. Amen. Before I read the text, one more comment. Uh, I guess two of my favorite singers in the entire world is Brother Virgil and Brother Crider. That's the truth. And then I'm my third favorite, but I've had... I've had allergies and hay fever, and it's a bad time of the year, so I won't be able to. I know that's disappointing to so many. But, uh, but I love to hear those, uh, Brother Virgil and Brother Crider's always. I'd rather hear him. That, I was 22 when I met him, and he was singing that coming soon. And I kept looking for his neck. He's up there singing. I never could find his neck. There was just a head stuck down in a set of shoulders and I, I didn't know where the wind was coming through the windpipe because I said the man singing straight from his heart because he'd got no windpipe and I didn't know how it worked but I've always been amazed Exodus I said I, you whoop me later brother Crowder Exodus chapter 17 and if you've been with us I'm going to say this in 10 seconds and we're going to pick it up right here. We're on Redemption Road and the Lord just led me tonight to stay on Redemption Road. In chat, I'm going to say something. You holler amen. It'll save you 20 minutes. It, wait just a minute before I do this. That's a very sensitive, obedient young man. You holler amen real good and it'll save you 20 minutes in a penalty box. I'm like the National Hockey League. I will put you in a penalty box for 20 minutes. If anything displeases me, just immediately I put you in a penalty box. Rodney, you better holler something back there. And uh, so I want to say this very quickly. This thing, Redemption Road, it starts in Exodus chapter 12 when you come through that bloody door. Aren't you glad for the day you got saved? And there's the blood chapter. Chapter 13 would be the beginning chapter. And chap, that's where he says, sanctify the firstborn. First mention in your Bible of the word sanctify. Then chapter 14, they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So that's the baptism chapter. And then chapter 15, they sang a song. It's the first time in your Bible that a song is mentioned. <clears throat> Amen. And tie in Exodus 15 with Revelation 15. And they sang the song of Moses. Now we got a second verse. And of the Lamb. Amen. You'll sing that song again. Only it's got a second verse. Because there was a second testament. Mm, Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I almost put myself in a 20 minute penalty box right there. For running a rabbit. I penalized myself too. And so, chapter 15, they ended up there at the end of chapter 15. Are you looking at it? 
Look at the end of chapter 15. Twelve wells of water and 70 palm trees. I never got around to that last night. I may mention it tonight. That's the blessing of both covenants. Twelve is the number of the Old Testament. Seventy is the number of the New Testament. Where do you get that? Luke 9 and 10. He sent 12 to Israel. And then they come back and he sent 70 to the Gentiles. Y'all ain't helping me. That 12 and 70, that's the Jew and the Gentile. In Ephesians, he made the church out of both Jew and Gentile. Now it's neither Jew nor Gentile, but you're one in Christ. Y'all ain't helping me. God parked them down there right where I'm parked in the middle of two covenants, in the middle of two blessings. I got the old and the new. You got it in your lap. You ought to have it in your heart. Amen. All right, so that's the blessings. And then what was chapter 16? I've honestly forgot. Chapter 6, bread. That's the manna. And that's how you live in that wilderness. God gives you that bread. By the way, say this in five seconds. We're moving on. That's how me and you survive our wilderness is the bread, the Bible that God gives us. All right, now you better get full of that bread because we got a battle. Chapter 17, so let's pick up our study and begin there. And uh, can I give you all four headings real quick? Because that way I I can slow down where I need to. Uh, I saw many of you taking notes in your Bible or in in a notepad. So, Chapter 17 is battles. Chapter 18, write this down, is burdens. Because in verse 18, hurry up and look at, hurry up. Look at verse 18 of chapter 18. That will surely wear away, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Chapter 18, it helps us with our burdens. Chapter 19, I forgot what that was, chapter 19. Boundaries. Chapter 19 is boundaries. Look at it in verse 12. Thou shalt set bounds under the people. Well, some of y'all hate that. You hate them boundaries. But, but God puts them around you because there's stuff on the other side that'll kill you. And that's why he was doing it because he said that they'll get killed if they touch this. Take heed to yourselves that you go not up into the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to what? Death. That's why them boundaries are there. They stuff on the other side of it that'll kill you. Boundaries, y'all ain't helping me. And I'll be back here in a minute maybe, but don't even touch the border. And that what he said? Underline it. It's never, don't touch the border. What are some of you doing so close? You get as close as you can to breaking God's laws. You get as close as you can. I mean, it's like wet paint, do not touch. That's all I want to do is touch it. If I didn't know that, if I hadn't said that, thanks said thou shalt not, and something in us says I shall want to. Help me now. It's about boundaries, okay? Boy, I about had to put myself in the penalty box. All right, chapter 20. And here's the Ten Commandments. Basics. The basics. (laughs) This is how to live life. 
It's how to, have, it's how to behave in your house. It's how to behave in your marriage. It's how to behave in your church. It's how to behave in your neighborhood. It's how to behave on your job. It's, it's the basics of how life works. Amen. The basics. Okay, so you got all them headings there. I wanted you to have them in case I didn't get through tonight and you could go study these things for yourself. Let's go back to chapter 17. I don't know that I'm burdened to preach here as much as I am in chapter 18. So let's look at these battles. Let's look at these battles. In chapter 17 and verse 8, (coughs) then came Amalek and fought with Israel. In Rephidim. Mm, what about that? Here comes the fight. Amalek is a type of the flesh. <coughs> the last Amalekite that you see in the Bible is Haman. You don't see another one after Haman. <coughs> Haman's in the book of Esther. And the last time you see him, he's hanging from the gallows. And that's where you're supposed to see your flesh crucified, hanging. Hanging there, amen. Well, when did it come? Verse 1 said there was no water in the wilderness. And uh, verse 2 and verse 3, the people murmured. And what about that? And then in verse 7, they tempted the Lord saying, y'all see verse 7, is the Lord among us or not? Now honey, he'll wait until you get in a dry place and in a doubting place. And you'll even say, is the Lord among us or not? Are we even in God's will? Is this where we're supposed to be? Is the Lord the one that brought us here? You'll look at Jezebel and say, my soul, I'd just rather die. And you don't even know if you're in the right place or not. And honey, when you get in that shape, here comes the enemy. Then came Amalek. But I want to tell you that Amalek ain't the only one that showed up. God showed up. Bless the Lord. Well, I don't going to spend a lot of time here. I'll tell you one thing. God was on high looking down. Moses was on a hill with his hands up. And Joshua was in the valley swinging the sword. All right, that didn't help you good. I don't know if you're backslid or my preaching is poor. So let's try it again. God showed up on high and oversaw the battle of his children. (laughs) And there was a mediator between them and heaven with his hands raised. Y'all ain't helping. I know another mediator that's got his hands raised between here and there. And then Joshua is down in the valley. That's verse number 13. (laughs) And Joshua (laughs) discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. I'm fine. I don't need any water. I got it on that last hack. (laughs) I got it. Amen. (laughs) Yes, sir. Joshua's in the valley. What about that? What about, did you know that Joshua and Jesus is the same name? One is the Hebrew rendition. The other is the Greek. They both, Jesus and Joshua, one's Hebrew, one's Greek. And they both mean Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. 
I want to say something. God is on high overseeing our battles. We have a mediator between us and heaven and he's a holding up this battle and then Jesus got down in the valley with us and brought the sword. Y'all ain't helping me. There's a whole happy bubble waiting to be popped right there, but I don't, it's a 10 minute happy bubble. I don't know if I got time for that. But Jesus came in our valley, amen. And he brought the sword. Y'all remember Matthew 4, the wilderness? And here came the devil. And, but Jesus showed, he had his sword, amen. Well, I got to be careful here. I got a lot of preaching to do. I imagine that conversation. Now, Dr. Mike Bagwell taught us that it was not that Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil came after him aggressive. You go back and read that. It's that the devil was out there and Jesus came after him. You go read it for yourself. And the devil attacked him when he saw him out there, tempted him. My thought, it may have went something like this. Jesus said, hey, fella, in that other testament, you walked in the garden and you attacked a woman. But you ain't dealing with no woman today, son. Oh, y'all better help me right now. Jesus said, this is another testament and you ain't talking to a woman today. You're talking to a man. You're talking to the man. Christ Jesus, help me now. And see, Satan pulled that sword and he twisted the words of God. He tried to do it on Jesus in the wilderness. Added words and took away words. What are y'all doing hanging around preachers who hang around contemporary boys? Who got them funny Bibles? You need to get off social media and get in your local church. You need to get off social media and get in your, get in your holy Bible. You need to get off social media and get in your prayer closet. You wouldn't show up down here talking about everything in the world. You'd show up down here talking about what's happening here. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. Y'all ain't helping me. With all them social media pastors and you ignore your own. Y'all don't mind plain talk, do you? Oh, it's got a little quiet in here. I noticed when he got on them pastors, a bunch of y'all got quiet. Y'all ain't helping me. Oh, heavens. Jesus. Honey, he said, you ain't dealing with a woman now. What about the woman showing back up here? Jezebel. Honey, when you got it, Jezebel. How about the church? How about a church woman having a meek and quiet spirit? Which in the sight of God is of great price. How about let the women keep silence in the churches? Y'all don't mind scripture, do you? Why y'all so quiet up here in the hills? I thought this is old-fashioned stuff. If you learn anything, ask your husband at home. We say, I ain't got a spiritual husband. Get in your prayer closet and ask God. Y'all ain't helping me. I mean, Jezebel done been brought up in here. Y'all gotta help me now. Jesus said, you're not dealing with a woman. You're dealing with a man. And you ain't going to twist a sword on me. Y'all ain't helping me. I said, Joshua, discomfited. Oh, I like that word. 
I like that word discomfited. I didn't even know what I meant. I didn't even know what it meant, and I liked it. It sounded like a mighty good word. If you had a sword, you ought to discomfit a bunch of people with it. So I looked her up. It means to run through the middle of them and bust them up like a bowling ball does a bunch of bowling pins. It's exactly what it means. It's what a SEC linebacker does to all them other silly conferences that are playing girls ball. Y'all help me right there. Help me right there. I admire you in Tennessee. I, I admire you. The loudest stadium and you never even win. And still, but you're still, you never give up, you know. And more people in there than any other stadium and you show up even though you know what's going to happen. I just admire you. I admire you. I admire you. That was ugly in a real sweet way, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Josh, like a SEC linebacker when the Notre Dame Catholics show up with their little gold green little Hawaiian boy had that imaginary girlfriend. Oh, he's something. Yeah, SEC. Come here and get you some of this SEC. That boy got discomfited. He got run through. That's discomfited. When a bowling ball hits the bowling pin, blah! Our Savior got in our valley and he walked through there and he swung that sword. And honey, death went one way and hell went the other and the law went and sin went. Principalities and powers, y'all ain't helping me. Thank God I've got help in my battle. Mm. Let me show you something before I go to chapter 18. Look how God helped Moses. Look in verse, uh, let's see here. Oh, verse 12. I guess we're going to focus in on this heavy business tonight. Look in chapter 17, verse 12. But Moses' hands were heavy. Run over to 18, 18, and you'll see it again tonight. For this thing is too heavy for thee. I feel like maybe that's where we'll bear down. Moses' hands were heavy. And honey, in chapter 18, he had family issues and he had church issues. Chapter 18, verse 1, when Jethro, the priest, Moses' father-in-law, Verse 2, he took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back. That's interesting. And her two sons. Well, there was problems with this wife. She didn't like God's ways. She took that foreskin of that circumcision, flung it on the wall. You're a bloody man. She didn't like the blood. She didn't like separation. Y'all talk to me. Y'all talk to me. Moses had family issues. His in-laws showed up. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> His in-laws showed up with that wife that he had sent back. Y'all ain't helping me. And then he got over there and they said, this thing's too heavy. And he's talking about the three million Jews he had to take care of. So I'm just telling you, 
there were family issues. There was family of God issues. And it was too heavy. And he's in 17, he's in a battle. And the whole thing riding on him. And he didn't have strength. And it was too heavy. Y'all got to talk to me now. I probably won't go any further than this. That's why I felt like giving y'all that other stuff up front. Let's just talk about it. It won't take long. I won't be up here long. But heavy. Look what God does for you when the, when the battle's too heavy. Look what he does when the battle's too heavy. Let's look at it, Brother Richard. Brother Tommy, watch this. Verse 12. What about God fixed it all in one verse? God don't need a lot of verses to fix stuff. He fixed it in one verse. You'll see the Trinity in there if you look for him. They took a stone and put it under him. Aaron got under one hand and her got under the other. And then what it say, Brother Crowder, at the end of verse, at the end of verse, at the end of verse 12, his hands were steady. Until when? Until the going down of the sun. God will give you such help, it'll last the whole day long. My lady son is sinking low. My race is nearly run. I don't know the words, but I like the song. He'll stay with you till the going down. He'll give you such help, it'll carry you through the entire day. Until that sun sets. <laughs> Did you see the Trinity? Let's, let's, run, let's run. Maybe a new Christian in here hadn't learned to pick up on these things. Aren't you glad for your Old Testament? Pictures, symbols, types, shades, angles. All right, so I'm going to run them by you. Let's look at the Trinity. Okay, there's a stone under him. It might be God the Father. God is my rock. And you can sit down and rest on him. He's a precious cornerstone, elect, tried and true. Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God. All right, that rock, that's God the Father. And then, watch this, watch this, watch this. There's a high priest underneath him. And a little known family member on the other side. Huh. I know who a high priest is. Matter of fact, I know who the high priest is. It's the Lord Jesus. Huh. I know who this family member is. He said, Well, he's not well, not well. He probably didn't like to talk about himself. He didn't speak of himself. He was just there to hold this thing up. That's the Holy Spirit. I've got a high priest on one side, the Holy Ghost on the other, the comforter. 
Hey, one called alongside of, y'all been in church a while, you've heard that, the, the comforter, one called alongside of. Thank God I got the high priest holding up one side, the Holy Ghost holding up the other, and I'm sitting down on God. <laughs> Resting. They held him up. Thank God for it. Amen. I'm going to tell you what will happen when your battle's too heavy. God will get under you and hold you up. Jesus will hold up one side. The Holy Ghost will hold up the other. Thank God I got a high priest between me and him. I've got one right here with me and in me. Amen. And the Lord our God is a rock. Thank God for it. Mm. That's, when the, that's when the war is too heavy. Here's when the work is too heavy. When the work is too heavy. Okay, let's get over here to chapter 18. Burdens. Aren't you glad he'll deliver you in your battles? Aren't you glad he knows how to help you with your burdens? I didn't, I didn't talk about the family problems. I don't know why he sent her back. But her daddy brought her back. <laughs> We're just going to let that stand right where it is. Not everybody's married to somebody that loves God. Not everybody's married to somebody that loves the cross and loves the blood and loves the mark of separation. She took that, she took that circumcision bit and flung it against the wall and said, you're a bloody man. Not, every, not everybody's married to somebody who wants to have separated children. Oh, family issues. I've got news for you. We've all got them. I can take you to some of the most perfect looking families and me and Jennifer are always so glad to find out that they're messed up too. <laughs> Whoops, was that an honest moment? <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> me and her thought we was the only one with crazy families. Y'all ain't helping me. It's like, Lord, that's a perfect family. And then I go to their house after church. And they start crying. Well, I go out to breakfast with the pastor. And we talk about the weather. And we talk about how bad Tennessee's playing. And then we talk about these... Th I'm sorry. That's twice. I'm going to hurt the love offering. Well, I'm going to hurt the love. I hope I don't hurt the offering. But I and when we get done talking about... And that pastor knows he can talk to the evangelist. He can't talk to his deacons. They'll be able to turn on him within three years. He can't talk to his wife. She's already in a heavy load. He can't crush her with things that she already suspects. He can't tell his best friend. Because his best friend ain't a pastor and don't understand what pastors go through. Y'all ain't helping me. He can't tell nobody in his town because they're in his town. And they're liable to say something to somebody and it all come back. Now, I, I listen, I have no problem with secrets and holding things in confidence. 
it's my seven or eight buddies, I tell them, and then they tell everybody. It's just, what's wrong with them guys? But I mean, I keep things within a circle. <laughs> Help me now. Then that pastor starts talking. And there's a wayward child. There's a troubled marriage. There's persecution from lost relatives. Sometimes there's cancer. Sometimes there's death. Sometimes there's divorce. Sometimes there's a dilemma. I mean, I got news for you. This thing can get real heavy when it's on the home front. And there ain't never been a perfect family, not since sin came in the picture. Y'all got to help me now. The woman made the decision. That's the first problem. The woman took the lead. The woman listened to the serpent. Then the man followed. The man ain't supposed to follow. The man's supposed to lead. Y'all ain't helping me. Satan got to Eve's head because she's the heart. Satan got to Adam's heart because he's the head. He knows how to attack. And then the one boy got saved and the other one got lost. And the one that got saved was taken out into eternity. And the one that was lost was sent away. We've been having family problems ever since the first family. Y'all ain't helping me. What about the father of the faith, Abraham and Sarah? Girls, how'd you like to have been married to Abraham, the father of the faith? Every time they got in a bad neighborhood, he said, all right, you're my sister today. You ain't married to me. <laughs> Boy, that, that'd mess up Valentine's Day. Now, I, I do this with Jennifer. That's only because she's tougher than I am. When we're going through Atlanta, baby, if anything goes wrong, I'm God's man. I got to go preach. You handle things. <laughs> things go bump in the night. I say, honey, I'll pray. God's called you to take care of me. <laughs> go see what that was because it sounded scary. <laughs> yeah. Abraham, every time they got in a bad neighborhood, you're my sister today, just in case any trouble comes. And she got hauled off to a harem. And Abraham's like, yeah, my sister, she's pretty, ain't she? Bye. <laughs> she had a bad husband. How was he God's man and a bad husband? Do you know God's man is not always a godly man? You know, a godly man is not always chosen to be God's man. Everybody. Here Moses married Zipporah. The Bible says she is an Ethiopian. David, look at David. He had to marry Michael. This is a bad deal. Saul's like, I can't kill him with a javelin. I've chased him all over the wilderness. I can't kill him. What am I going to do? Oh, 
I'll give him Michael to marry. <laughs> Boy, she must have been a bad cat. Y'all ain't helping me. What kind of a woman's that? Oh, can't kill him with an army. Can't kill him with a javelin. She'll take him down. <laughs> sure enough, the day that he came dancing, because the Ark of the Covenant, the glory of God, the power of God, revival came and the whole nation was in the parade. And his wife was up in a window. Despising. God closed her womb. She didn't have the right thing in her heart and she never was able to have what the right thing in her home. I'm just telling y'all, what about Daniel? Daniel got taken away from his home. Him and a bunch of young'uns was made to be orphans. And young men were hauled away captive over to Babylon. I bet he wished he was at his childhood home. Y'all ain't helping me. Here's a fine family now. How about Joseph? <laughs> the older brothers wanted to kill him. He got over there in Potiphar's home. She accused him, falsely accused him of rape. And he was put in prison for it. I'm talking, hey y'all, I'm telling you, ever since a woman made a decision to listen to a serpent and then Adam made the decision to follow the woman, our homes have been in a mess ever since. And if you think somebody's got a perfect home, turn into a fly and go land on their wall. Help me now. Jesus' home was messed up. Do y'all remember? He had a house full and he was having church. And somebody slipped in the side door and made it through the crowd. Your mother and your brethren are in the yard and they're wanting you to come out there. And Jesus said something that messed up all of Roman Catholicism. Who is my mother? <laughs> Boy, I guess that kind of messed up Roman Catholicism. <laughs> he, he didn't even know who his mother was. Oh, he knew who she was. <laughs> oh, yeah. You ever wonder why Christmas never brought revival? I have a tree. I watch Rudolph and Home Alone on TBS where the bad words are bleeped out. Help me now. Y'all don't be telling people. I love Christmas. Sentimental took Jennifer on her 40th birthday to Man New York City. Snowed two inches and the sun shined the rest of the week. <laughs> two inches of snow and sunlight and took her Central Park horse and carriage ride. 
It only costs $117,000 for one carriage ride. <laughs> well, not that much, but it was a lot. Oh, Christmas. Did you ever notice that Christmas ain't never brought revival? You ain't supposed to worship the mother. Y'all ain't helping me. You ain't supposed to worship the baby. And even them good godly hymns about the incarnation. Washington, D.C. sings them. The whole world stops and observes Christmas nearly. And it ain't never brought revival nowhere. Holy Ghost won't breathe on it. December is the deadest month in the church. Christmas plays and Christmas parties and every one of them aggravates you. <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth. The Lord just takes the month off. All right, y'all do your thing. It's as pagan as the Easter Bunny, but I eat chocolate eggs too. I ain't mad about nothing. I've just said Jesus had a messed up home. Your mother and your brother's out here. He said, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? There wasn't no Thanksgiving turkey that year. Jesus said, I'll tell you who my family is. They're the ones inside this service that love the word of my father and do the will of my father. This is my family. Y'all ever notice that your church family oftentimes seems to be much more deeper relationship than your actual relative family? Even when you have good saved relatives. Even when you have good saved relatives, the church family seems to be closer than your own family. Family. This thing can get to be too heavy. And then family of God. Family of God. He had all them Jews to take care of. Burdens. Now I want to show you all something. It's what the Lord showed me out of this chapter. I'm in 1818, are y'all? In 1818, we took a little trip down the mighty Mississippi. Shot the Indians, Andrew Jackson. What? Okay, sorry, get distracted. 1818, that will surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. You ever been to a place where you're not able to do it by yourself? I'm going to show you what God did when his burdens were too great. Y'all want to see what the Bible says? Instead of some emotional rant or some psychological rant, instead of some just a hollering and generalities, what about we see what the Bible says? Look what surrounded this. I'm back up in verse 17. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Verse 19. Please look at verse 19. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee what? Oh, y'all, I will give thee. I will give thee. Oh, my. Really? Counsel. 
Hmm. I want you to circle some words and then I'll tell you what will help you with your burden. Circle, okay, in verse 17, circle the word father. Circle the word law. Verse 19, circle the word counsel. Verse 20, circle the word teach, ordinances, laws. Are y'all circling these things? In verse 21, look how many rulers we got. Rulers of thousands. By the way, verse 21, preacher, you're talking about them imposters. How about verse 21 in the middle of it? We need men of truth hating covetousness. We'll tell you who needs to be in charge of the Lord's people. Men of truth that hate covetousness. Some of you can't smell out some of these imposters that are making merchandise of the gospel. You need to rethink your calling and election. Rulers, 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 rulers. Four times in verse 21. Rulers, 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 rulers. Verse 22. And let them judge. Our generation don't like any rulers. They don't like a 12-inch ruler because it's straight and it'll show you what's crooked. They don't like rulers in authority because they're straight and they'll show you what's crooked. Are y'all seeing where this is going? I'm in verse 22 and let them judge. Our generation can't stand to be judged. But every small man that shall judge. So verse 25, Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads. Hmm. Wow. I need somebody to talk to me. He didn't know what to do with his family. He didn't know what to do with the church. And God surrounded him with fathers, law, councils, teachers, rulers, judges, Heads. You want to know why your life is in a mess? Because you ain't listening to nobody that God put in your life. What did he say, Brother Turbinfield, at the end of verse 17? Y'all please look at this. Maybe the biggest verse of the night, verse 17. The thing that thou doest is not good. Everybody wants their life fixed in America. They just don't want rulers, judges, fathers, heads, counsel, law. I'm at the end of my sermon. Y'all got to help me. If you just look at me, I think you didn't get it, and I'll go another 20 minutes. Brother Richard, it was no think, it was no coincidence that God stirred the shepherd tonight to recognize the pastors. Are y'all with me? Don't think you got that. It's no coincidence that God stirred the moderator to 
recognize the heads, the authorities, the judges, the rulers, spiritual fathers. He mentioned Brother Don Crowder, and Brother Don Crowder's earned that. He's been a spiritual father all over these mountains. These two younger pastors, I know you're not preacher boys, but you're not old yet either. Your beard looks old there, Irwin. Your chin is old. The rest of it is okay. I said it was no accident that God stirred the pastor. Didn't he stand up and holler and stop everything? I said to the tall, blonde singer. I bet you've never been called that, have you? You, you should have picked out one of them. Uh, Brother Tommy, can you bring the youth group back, please? <laughs> Drew needs a wife. An old tall blonde singer. He's like 50 and ain't married yet, or 30 or 26, but he's way old. In Alabama, they're committed by 12 and married by 14. He's way behind. Bring them back, please, for Drew. Would you grow the curls out, maybe like two months worth of curls, and then bring them back? And then let Drew sing again and just wag your head around, Drew. Every one of them girls fall for them curls. That's a plan. It's a plan. Make some hot wings that night, Drew. Don't, I mean, go lie love it on us just one time and get it out there. It's no accident. <laughs> On that note, Brother Noah's walking out. <laughs> He's mad. He ain't got no curls. <laughs> curls are gone. They worked one time. Where's Miss Donna? They worked one time. They're gone now. They both of them putting sunscreen on their head. It's just great to see. I'm sorry, Brother Richard. I shouldn't talk about these things. It's no accident that God had the pastor stop the singer and say, hey, go over them pastors thing again. You all know what's wrong with America? They're wearing away. They're wearing out. They can't do this on their own. But they refuse to listen to counsel, rulers, judges, heads, the word father. He was a good father-in-law. He was. He was a good father-in-law. He brought the wife back. He brought the daughter back and the grandsons. And said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you counsel. Thank God when he saves families. Moses was the pastor in the Old Testament and his family needed saving. In case you're thinking you're the only one messed up, all of God's best ones had messed up families. God has a way of fixing things. No, oh, Lord. The thing that thou doest is not good. If you're not willing to hear that, you'll never get help. And you'll wear away and fall apart. 
He's already told the story, so I'll go ahead and tell it. Came to me. I'm ready to quit my job and serve God. And the Lord put in my mm, not yet. I said, mm, not yet. He said, I'm going to do what I want to do because nobody ain't ever. No, he didn't. He said, yes, Pastor. Really thought you'd say the opposite. Thought you'd be proud that I'm so spiritual. But if you told me to go back to my job, that's what I'm doing. Then he come back a year later and I said, it's time. I was in my freshman year of Bible college. Y'all have heard this. She's a nice it was a nice girl. I was 18. She was 22. I was a freshman. She is a senior. She hadn't got married yet, and she was panicking. It was a tall, lanky, gangly, big glasses, nerd clothes. Help me now. <laughs> Boofy hair. It was the 80s. <laughs> they had a Sadie Hawkins banquet. That's where the girl asked the guy. Let me interpret it. That's where the girls who couldn't get a guy finally could tell the guy, I need a guy. You're a guy. Come here. And then a bunch of us young dumb guys like, hey, I'm a guy. He said, oh, I Her mama could cook. Her mama could cook. Did I mention that her mama could cook? Woo! Her mama could cook. Her mama could cook. group of old preachers told my son the other day, seven old preachers, <laughs> average age 70, told my Preston, he's 15, they said, son, don't worry about good looks, go for good cooks. <laughs> well, he's 15, he don't believe none of that. <laughs> he said, dad, can I have both? I said, it's rare, it's rare. <laughs> rare, son. He said, what do you want to do? I said, good looks, you'll be happy six months. Good cooks, you'll be happy 60 years. Come on, come on, son, come on. He still didn't believe me. He didn't believe me. My boy is an unbeliever. I came home from Bible college that summer. My pastor and my daddy said, break up with that girl. You're too young, she ain't the one. I went straight to a 1970s telephone. It had a cord that you could take into the next county <laughs> to get a little privacy. Just, you could go through the house, through the backyard, go over the fence, go in the neighbor's yard, get under the favorite oak tree down at the city park, and that's still cord left. You have large families, you need a long cord. Everybody listen. Large families are nosy. They're very nosy. They tell everything that ever happened in your life and some things that didn't happen. They tell that too. <laughs> Come on. You only kids, you're clueless. Don't even talk to us. We don't even like you. We don't like only children. We come from large families. We beat up only kids. You're an only child. We're beating you up after service tonight. We're very bitter about lots of things. And if you was an only son and had a sister and she was the only one, you're still only children. We're beating up both of you. I pulled that long cord out there and I said, uh, hey, you're nice and everything and I'm going to miss your mama's cooking. <laughs> and, and yeah, and you, you, I'll miss you. I said, but my preacher and my daddy said, it ain't time for me to get married. And you're a nice girl, but you're not the one. 
It was her birthday. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I was just thinking about her mama's cooking. And I hung up. I didn't pray. I did a lot of praying through my early years, but I never prayed about decisions. Not till I was 30. I had pastors in my life. I had rulers in my life. I had judges in my life. I had heads in my life. The reason there's no obedience in their heart, there's no obedience in their home. Their daddy's not obedient to Christ. The mama's not obedient to the husband. Y'all doing all right? The thing that thou doest is not good. If you won't hear that, you'll wear away and fall apart. I was 18, obeyed my mother, obeyed my father. What would you do when you was 18? Went to school, worked, obeyed my parents. Went to church because that's where they took me. Turned 18, somebody said, what are you going to do? I said, to my father, my pastor, his pastor. I said, what am I going to do? They said, you're called to preach, you're going to Bible college. I'm going to Bible college. <laughs> they said, where? I said, that's a good question. Where am I going to Bible college? My daddy and my pastor asked their evangelist, Dr. Ron Garrison, where should Dean go to college? You go across the nation. Where He's going to Trinity Baptist in Jacksonville. You're going to Trinity Baptist in Jacksonville. I'm going to Trinity Baptist in Jacksonville. I decided I was going to quit my junior year. Delivering USA Today's at 3 in the morning. As a janitor. Check this out. As a janitor in a Methodist church. A security guard in an Episcopalian church. And went to a Baptist college. I was exploring my options. See who had the best security retirement program. Seven hours of class a day, five days a week. I decided I was burned out. I decided I was burned out. I decided I was burned out. And all the wisdom of a 20-year-old thought I'd just take over my own life. And I said... I'm not going back this semester. I'm going to just make some money and just blah, 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 puked out of my mouth for a while. I've heard what I'm going to do. My daddy said, well, first he grabbed my collar. <laughs> he wanted to have a close communion. <laughs> grabbed my collar, pulled me up. We're not quitters. We don't quit. We don't burn out. We burn on. Get back in school. Put a foot in my rear end. Somebody said, what are you going to do? I'm getting back in school. Never missed a beat. I was done with Bible college age 21. Somebody said, what are you going to do? I 
said, I'd like to go to the mission field. Romania and Russia. It just opened up the Iron Curtain, Ronald Reagan. Soviet Union went down. A little church out in the swamp called me. I graduated the same time they were calling me. Somebody said, what are you going to do? I said, went to seven men in my life who were heads, judges, rulers, pastors, fathers, laws. I went to council. I said, I'd like to be a missionary. I don't want a pastor in the south. What do you say? They said, you need to pastor a church. I said, I'll be pastor in the First Baptist Church over here in the deep south. Hmm? I'm saying I didn't make any decisions or pray any decisions till I was 30. Jennifer came to church, sat in that back corner where Rodney is. Not that I look at you and see my wife, okay? But just, just so you know. And I said, Phew. Holy Ghost elbowed me from the inside. That's her. He done told me. He done told me. Boaz, stay in your field. And I'll bring Ruth to the corner. There she was. I went immediately to my father, my pastor. And I said, I found her. She's here. She got saved after four Sundays. She wasn't raised in church. She got saved the fourth, fifth Sunday that she came to church. I just met her the same time everybody else did there. I said, she's the one. My pastor said, you're going to wait a year. She don't need to become a pastor's wife. She just became a Christian. Give her a year. I said, oh. <laughs> Came back sometime later. I said, I still think she's the one. They said, yeah, we've known that. Why ain't you married her? <laughs> okay. Married her. Stayed there till I was 29, turning 30. And then I had to find God. Where do I go and what do I do when I left that church? And did you know that if you will follow God, He'll lead you? And you know, if you'll follow counsel and rulers and fathers and laws and councils and pastors and judges and heads and shepherds, did you know things will go well for you? He'll hold you up to the going down of the sun. And then he'll, he won't just fix you. He'll fix your home. He'll fix your life, your ministry. And you can run right on up into Exodus 24 and get on a mountain with God and sit in His glory. <laughs> Burdens. Well, that's mighty practical, but that's mighty scriptural. Mm. Mm. I bless the Lord. Well, Brother Dane, you should have preached on heaven. We could have shouted. We ain't in heaven. You'll enjoy it when you get there. You don't need to hear about it. You'll see it soon enough.
I need to know how to get from here to there without wearing out and falling apart. Yeah. I need to know how to get from here to there. I've got to get through my battles and I've got to get through my burdens. God will show up for us in our battles and then God will send the right help to us in our burdens. But somebody's got to listen. Tell you how you have a strong church. Get in submission to authority. I'm going to tell you how to have a strong home. Build it on the rock. Listen to his words. Tell you how to have a strong life. Follow the authority that God's put there. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Sister. Delaney, will you make music tonight? She's going to play on this piano. I want to give an altar call. I want some of you young ones, you kids, teenagers, college kids, I want y'all to come get on this altar if you want to and ask God to lead you in your life. Come on, young people in your 20s, in your teens. If you want God to bless your life and submit I want everybody to stand and make it easy to move. Not only you young people, but how about you young couples? Your home ain't going to last. There's too much hell coming against the home in America. You ain't going to last unless you get on this altar and get under authority. Some of you young couples come down here and pray. Some of you young people. Let's bow our heads. How about some of you Christians? Is the battle too heavy? Are the burdens too heavy? Won't you come? Let God help you tonight. Y'all come on. Don't even wait. Just come on. Come on, pray. Play out loud for us, sister. We'll let God's people pray. That's right. Bring your husband down here. Bring your wife down here. If they're not here, bring them down here in spirit and pray for them. Bring your babies down here. Bring your children down here. Put them on this altar. We're not going to survive the battles. We're not going to survive the burdens if we don't get with God. That's right. Maybe from another church. We're the Lord's church tonight. Come and get on this altar and pray.